Eric. Uh, thanks for joining me on Jim Jam here. So, what's going on with y'all? Thanks for having us. First off, appreciate yeah. it. No problem. Thank you. I'm Eric, by the way. And of course, <laughs> and, I'm I, PJ. and I'm PJ. Do you want to bump the table a few more times? Well, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to get set. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, no I, I mean, really, really, all we have currently going on is uh, we had the release of our most recent film, which is 13 Slaves Till Christmas, which happened in, uh, that's it there. But that happened back in that happened back in March. We shot the film during the pandemic, and uh, then thanks to the the shortage of polyurethane, it uh, did not come out in December like we had expected it to, and instead it released in March of this year. But that's kind of what we're pushing right now. And if you go to screamteamreleasing.com, right. you can pick up a Blu-ray of it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So- the. Go ahead. Or you or at the festivals right now with uh, Scream Teams going to a lot of the festivals, you can catch them at some of those as well. PJ, I know at Full Moon you were set up uh, for them, weren't you? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Full Moon there tattoo. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking Full Moon features there for a second, and I was like, <laughs> I, I never ran a Full Moon booth. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> had it set in the corner when we first got there, and we we're like, man, this is going to be horrible, but it worked out pretty good. Uh, you know, so yeah, we had a pretty good weekend that yeah. weekend. And then we were at Days of the Dead, what three weeks ago three now? Weeks ago, yeah. And so did, did they? Did Scream Team pay for y'all to be pay for y'all to be there and everything? Well, they paid for the booth and they take care of our hotel. Um, reason he's using us because Nashville is more regional for us. He lives in Pennsylvania, oh, and we're okay. only two hours away from Nashville, and we're only like three and a half hours away from Indy, and I think he's near six or seven hours well around six five five and a half six so he takes care of our hotel and he pays for the booth which gets us our you know tickets to get in and we pretty much pay for our gas and food and he's a user yeah (laughs) but i mean we're getting to push our own film um and i think it's i guess i mean he's being being justin being a filmmaker himself it's easier when you're sitting at a booth to sell your movie to somebody when it's your movie Right. Then, you know, you can watch other people's movies and try to push them. But when it's yours, you know. Well, it makes perfect sense then. And, you know, uh, you you know, know what you're actually pushing too, or selling or whatever. Like you said, I mean, we will, we'll push as many of the films as we can, but we may or may not have sold more of our films. And and I think most of the (laughs) filmmakers that do fill in for him do it. That just happens every time. Because it's easier to say, well, I'm a filmmaker as well. And this is my film here. And they're like, oh, really? And then it's like, yeah, but then you start talking about it. And then you being the filmmaker, they more want to talk to you about it and ask questions than somebody else's that's sitting there. So uh, so you said that you uh, filmed it during the pandemic. How was that? Was Did you have to do some guerrilla shooting and all that? or? Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't easy. Um, of course, we 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 started early pre-production in August of 2019. So by the time we really got rolling was into like February and March of 2020. So I think it was like February, or not February, but March 15th, around that time, 15th, 17th, something like that. It's when the first shutdowns happened. 
and we filmed four of the segments here in Owensboro. Uh, two segments were in Louisville, and the other segments were filmed outside the area. And uh, up up until March, we had three segments had already filmed. And then right when we were getting ready to start shooting the what was going to be the wraparound is when the lockdown happened. So the film actually went on hiatus for a short period of time. And then, uh, of course, we reached out to all the filmmakers and talked to them about, you know, sh them shutting down their their segments until further notice. And then, of course, once it got to a point where we felt like it was safe, we then I mean, we kept in touch with them up to the up to the point when in which everybody started shooting again. But we were talking to them about, you know, safety protocols and mask wearing, social distancing and all that stuff while you're on set. Um, yeah, and some states, I mean, we had them in Texas and Las Vegas. So some states were on total lockdown yeah. compared to other states. So some of them were like, sorry, guys, we can't do anything because it's a state. I mean, we got to stay in the house. We can't go anywhere or do anything. So some states they were able to do some stuff some they weren't so it was like kind of waiting on them to what when they could when they couldn't as well as us yeah we had one filmmaker who actually left texas and went to film his segment in atlanta because the the rules and things were so strict there that they weren't really and things were still strict in atlanta so really when he shot his segment it was him and his two actors he donned all the hats and then of course there were a couple of filmmakers that ultimately because of the lockdown, we, we had to replace and we brought in some other filmmakers. And then there were um, some filmmakers who had to scrap their concepts altogether and go in a completely different direction. I knew like, I know Drew, Drew Marvick was yeah. one of those. He was in Vegas and um, things were so strict there that it got to a point where, you know, he either had to shoot uh, using, utilizing the resources and things that he had readily available or he was going to have to bow out of the project he didn't want to do that so he ended up filming it in his house and his his son and daughter played the main roles in it and it worked out really well and it's a good segment and it's gotten a lot of great feedback yeah and he so, played the antagonist in it as yeah well, so yeah so it uh <clears throat> it looking back on it it was fun making the movie but it also ultimately, I think, ended up being one of the most stressful ones that we've worked on because, you know, we're producing from afar and there were so many times where things didn't seem like they were going to work out or the film wasn't going to be finished. So we were kind of on edge and especially we had set a deadline with it being a Christmas movie. We wanted it to try to release it in December of that year. And of course that kind of went out the window with with all the issues and the challenges but we weathered through and honestly if you look at the film it doesn't even it doesn't look or feel like we had every hurdle under the sun um shooting during a, a global pandemic but I, I don't know how we did it but we did it well, hats off to you for uh doing that because i said i wouldn't want to have that uh not burden but I guess 2020 was a burden for everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, our four, go ahead. And I hope to God they don't do another shutdown because all this was yeah. a uh, Delta variant or whatever. Yeah, right. Well, I was having a talk with somebody about that earlier, and the government um, 
has doubled down so hard on vaccinations and so many people have gotten vaccinations uh, to turn around and shut everything down again. I, you know, I, I think that would be more detrimental than it would be moving in a more positive forward direction. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm I got vaccinated. I think other, I think others should get vaccinated. I mean, yeah, I, I, I understand. I understand people like being on edge. I get that. But believe me, I'm a hypochondriac. I don't want to fucking die. Like that's my worst fear. But yeah, at the yeah. same time, you have to ask yourself, how many people do you know with measles or polio or tuberculosis? None. No. And the reason is vaccinations. So yeah. get vaccinated. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I look at it. But, uh, but I, but I mean, with them pushing the vaccinations like they have, I don't see them shutting things down because I think that'll undo a lot of the progress that's been made. Yeah, I didn't want to wear a mask at work no more, so I, I was. Yeah, I took you know all it did to me was make me sleepy as hell. So I just after <laughs> after the shot, you know, I got it on a Monday both times. So Tuesday, I just called out of work and uh, slept for about five more hours. So. It helped me sleep pretty good. Well, there you go. But, but other than that, I ain't had to wear a mask at work no more. Everybody else does, and they're all right. you know they're the, they're the ones that are uh, that are like we ain't getting that damn thing. We you're gonna be growing a horn before you know it. And I'm like, well, I'll be a unique motherfucker then. <laughs> yeah. Well, think think of all the vaccinations people get when they're born, and how many people do you know that have a third arm or a horn growing out of their head? Be pretty cool to have a horn. I'd be fucking. That's unicorn. true. Be a yeah. damn Jim Jam unicorn, yeah, or a third arm, assuming it works. If you have a third floppy arm, then it's not cool. Hey, hey, you can make a movie about me then. Yeah, we could. I could be in a freak show too. I wouldn't even have to work <laughs> no more. I could just go around check out my third arm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it a working arm or is it a floppy arm? I'm, I'd be like, I'm half brothers with Goro. <laughs> <laughs> Very half. Yeah. I could just tie a string to it, and when it moves, you know. Or you could pay a guy to walk around and just puppeteer it for you. They could wear, like, a green morph suit, and then you could paint him out in all your pictures and videos. (laughs) That would be crazy. (laughs) That would be wild. But, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, that might make it hard to put shirts on. Have to uh, put another sleeve. That's true. I don't know. I guess I keep it under the shirt. But, you know, who might want to come out and play sometime, though? My luck, I, my luck, I wouldn't just have an arm. I'd get, like, Quato from Total Recall. <laughs> just this big human yeah. nasty deformity on me. I wouldn't just have some arm. It'd be some grotesque thing, probably. Yeah. Yeah, then I'd have to go and pay to get it removed and all that. <laughs> yeah. And my, luck, another... and my luck, it'd be like a, was it like a lizard's tail? It'll just grow back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it'll probably grow back even worse looking than it was before. So you have just about as good a luck as we do. Yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> taking away from this. Well, um, I don't know if I got to, did I ever tell you about the, uh, the movie or, well, I, I was doing like little short films called, uh, and they were episodes called Porn Normal Activity. No, I don't think so. No. no. <laughs> well, from what I understand, someone told me that it the uh 
how I, while well, they saw the short, uh, all the episodes and they said it would be perfect for like trauma or something, how, yeah, off, how crazy it is. So, uh, what it is is, uh, it's me and I'm possessed by the semen demon. Sounds so, like he, Eric, yeah. <laughs> he gets real thirsty. <laughs> he, uh, he likes to, uh, let's just say, we'll just say he likes to come on my face. And it's a ghost. Right. So, so I got this, like, this is not meant for children. Yes. No, he, oh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it's not triple X or nothing. It don't, you don't see right. no, you, right before I get splatted in the face, you do hear some porn sounds that I've, I've, I ripped off of Pornhub and stuff. <laughs> But shout out to to Pornhub. I don't know who the actresses and actors were in that, so that uh, you know, if they can identify their sounds, moaning and stuff, then they can uh, let me know, and I'll put them in the credits. (laughs) But uh, hey, look at that pooch! That's a puppy, ain't it? (laughs) But uh, cameo. I didn't shut the door to the room, and she came in here, and I was like, "Get up on the couch!" And I didn't realize she was going to get in the podcast, but. Well, my dog does it every now and then, but he's a he's a chewini. We're gonna lick you in the gonna lick you in the ear. Look, look, she put a ball on his shoulder. I want to be involved. She just loves him. Hey, sit down, lay down. Uh, But um, but yeah, uh, I think I've shot. Hey, it's all right. It's all good. Uh, I think I've shot almost an hour's worth of stuff. All together, I got about an hour's worth. So I'm going to try to get about another 30 minutes. And this end part is going to be fucking insane. How the reveal of who the semen demon is and uh, and how we get rid of the semen demon. So so are you thinking about contacting Trauma? And- uh, well, I know. Uh, do you know who Count Trahoon is? He, mm-hmm. uh, he, 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 well... He's uh, got his. He's got like he does. Uh, he reads stories on YouTube and YouTube and stuff, and they turn. Um, let's. I guess the, what is it called? Uh, audio dramas. I guess they. He does audio dramas, but he's like a vampire, old school vampire. But um. So is he? Like, is he like a Sven Gulli kind of a character? Yeah, something like that. Okay. But uh, he's actually got on trauma his show, so uh, possibly. You know, uh, but if not, then hey, uh, you know, Scream Team might want it. I don't know. <laughs> hey, well, you never know. Guess who owns Scream Team? Not us, Justin Seaman. What? Hey, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> goes... Joe is going to love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's gonna have to change his last name. <laughs> no, uh, no kin to uh, him, but uh, yeah, the semen demon. He, he, uh, he, he enjoys. Uh, but once you, I'll tell it off. I'm not gonna tell the ending of the thing, but I, I'll yeah, tell you. Don't don't spoil everything. Yeah, but uh, it's so. There's a few scenes because Johnny. Do you remember? Did you meet Johnny? He was at the table with me. He's a bigger, big kind of. He's smaller than me, but he's he had a beard though. He ain't got a beard no yeah. more. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, he plays uh, in one scenes. He plays a, a paranormal investigator, and he has a. Oh, where's the hat? Well, it's like it's supposed to be a Freddy Krueger hat. It's one of those cheap ones from uh, what is it? The Halloween store. Spirit Halloween. Yeah, yeah, it's that cheap one. It's just, yeah, pretty much just like a what do they call it the, uh, form, vacuum form kind oh, of thing. Okay. Oh. With uh, like some little uh, fuzzy on it. But anyways, and it's small. It's too small. So it's even funnier because, and uh, and I ca- and the thing I call him uh, Woody from to- Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a big ass mag flashlight, and he's got this uh, cheap ass little camera. So he's a paranormal investigator. He said, "I said, uh, how you? How are you a paranormal investigator?" said, well, I did some schooling on YouTube. <laughs> and his flashlight, yeah. his, fla- his flashlight and camera work in tandem. They, <laughs> <laughs> and they, and he said they had Bluetooth. So, yeah. Okay. I need a flashlight with Bluetooth. Yeah, no shit. He's, then he told me he paid $800, and I was like, well, it sounds like you got fucking ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'll send. Hey, I'll send you the links of what is already up and what okay. we do have. Actually, I do think y'all are in the movie because I filmed the last episode at Full Moon Tattoo and Horror Festival. I don't remember if I because sh- the table beside y'all, the Amanda and Jeremy, <clears throat> right? Because Amanda's in the movie. She plays a uh, uh, a psychic medium. Uh, slash uh, OnlyFans model, but uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, we was filming and y'all y'all's table was right beside them. So I don't know, I have to look back and see. But y'all well, might I do remember a guy running around with a camera, and I wonder if that was somebody for Full Moon or what was going on. I do remember that. Oh well, I was just using my cell phone, so <laughs> this is what it looked like. Oh well, I, there was a guy with a camera though. I do remember that. I'm not that professional. No. <laughs> At least Mine you know is, your limitations. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I don't. Uh, I haven't uh, bit the bullet and bought a camera because uh, it's going to be hard for me to pay over a thousand dollars for a video camera. Yeah. I just. I mean, can't. you just if you get a DSLR. I mean, those are over a thousand dollars once you get the lenses and everything. But, um, but yeah, this this shoots pretty good it. video. It shoots four K. So. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my oldest just got the newest iPhone, and he was showing me what it can do, and the picture quality on oh, it. You ought to see this. It's twenty one. Yeah, it's insane. You, my wife has the S twenty Ultra. So I got, got the S twenty one. You got the Ultra. Yes. Um, I don't remember. How big is it? Is it a big ass phone? Yeah, it's pretty damn big. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got the Note 10 Plus, but uh, I want to get the S21 Ultra, but my wife's phone has the uh, 108 megapixel camera. And then it has the 100 times zoom, which once you get past like 30, you got to be real still. Or right. Be but this, it can... just says, <clears throat> this just says the Galaxy S21 Plus 5G, so it must not oh, be so the you got Oh, so you got the 21 Plus, but it's still yeah. a damn good yeah. phone. Um, I can say this, I don't like iPhones, but the iPhone, like the camera, I mean, the picture quality 
is I like Android, but like you can't beat the picture quality on an iPhone. It's well, I do have um, like that. My... That doesn't that doesn't look bad, but an iPhone. I mean, it, it it's incredibly. My sister beautiful gave me. Picture. Uh, my sister gave me her son's old iPhone eight, so I use it also to film some stuff with. Right. But I don't really care for it because it only when it saves a video, it saves it as fucking <clears throat> I, uh, was it iMovie or MOV file. Right. So that's why I like the Samsung because it saves the MP4. And uh, if then you have to convert it's it. Good, and all. The iPhone's even better than that. So stop showing me oh, your stupid. Stop showing me your stupid ass Android videos. <laughs> yeah, it does take good. It does take good pictures and, and good. And you can zoom in really good with yeah. it. Yeah. Are they paying you to say that? No. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> y'all sound like me and Johnny. Oh, we're constantly at each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Probably more Jack- so me. He's nicer yeah. than I am. Yeah. Uh, October 1st will be six years we've been doing the horror basement. So uh, we've uh, definitely, <laughs> we definitely give each other shit on the podcast. Yeah, we've been, we've been working, we've been working with each other since 2013. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So we've been, we've had Blood Moon Pictures. It'll be six years in December. Yeah, it'll be six years this December. We've had the how, company together. How many movies have y'all put out? Uh, three. Mm-hmm. Only two of them were through Blood Moon Pictures. When I first came along, when his first movie, the, the feature he was doing, the first volumes of Blood, we did it under the company he used, Verite Cinema. Um, did I say it wrong? No. Shout out to defunct production companies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I basically just kind of helped him was his right hand man kind of his assistant was begging to help and we got along really good and then the movie did pretty good it was like hey maybe we need to be more legit and that's how we got to talking and come up with blue moon pictures and made a company are y'all a thousandaire yet shit um <laughs> at least at are least you, that maybe but, but according to our debt ratio no no <laughs> So, we, we've made at least a thousand a thousand dollars but i would say uh it's it was gone a long time yeah. ago well i'm just saying I'm, I'm pretty sure the budget of one movie probably killed that oh yeah uh, yeah so what would you and, say your most expensive budget movie was our stories yeah volumes of blood horror stories was yeah. was the um it would have been devil's night which was going to be the third volumes of blood but we needed to raise at least fifty-five thousand, at least that much just to be able to make the movie and we we weren't able to raise it but uh with horror stories we raised somewhere between 23 and twenty-five thousand for the budget and then we had to give some of that oh back. damn so you got damn oh, so, for horror stories, for horror stories yeah, yeah. So, and that was all, and that was all done through product plate, mostly done through product placement with local companies in Owensboro. Yeah. No. Yeah, and we couldn't really, we couldn't really just be in a trill, making it a trilogy. We just couldn't go back with the same budget, and make another film just to make a third movie. We wanted to go and make it that much better than the second one, like we did with the second one from the first. Yeah. And uh, we couldn't get the budget. We just didn't want to <laughs> just make the movie just to make it to have the third one. Um, so that's where 13 Slays came into play. So 13 Slays is the third one of that one? Well, no. no. 
it's, um, okay. it's still it's still a concept of PJs. Um, when we realized with the Indiegogo, we didn't have enough money uh, to make Devil's Night. Instead of giving everybody their money back and going through all that, PJ had the idea to seeing if people would want to give the money they get for Devil's Night to give with this new idea for 13 Slaves, the holiday film. And I'd say we had probably, what, 85% or so, yeah. 80, 85% of people that decided to go ahead and let us keep the money to help make Devil's Night. Um, and then, um, but that was just for our four here. Yeah, that was for, well, there was the four segments here. And then, of course, there's like a lot of back-end expenses on, right. on certain things that we would need capital for. But right. um, a majority of the movie was, I mean, it was... A, the, the original concept was meant to be something that could be done with little to no capital, which pretty much everybody managed to do. Um, but, but yeah, it's, I mean, it still looks like a million bucks mm -hmm. considering how none of us really had much to work with. Yeah. So, but you said you want, uh, did, did you not want to just do a, a digital release during Christmas? And then put the physical lighter, or did you want it to do it a uh, physical first? Well, I mean the I, I mean, I mean ultimately the distributor is kind of the one who makes those determinations. Once no. once you hand your film over to somebody else, uh, they kind of de decide you know what's the best route to go. Now they, I mean, I mean you know Justin, he would ask us our thoughts and things, but ultimately. Um, the majority of money that is made or money return capital happens through physical release. Um, you can make money through streaming, but it's not as substantial as like the physical purchases. Yeah. I don't think Justin's scream team started doing digital till last year. Right. Right. So it's something new to him and I don't think he really wanted to get into it. And then um, I guess, I don't know if people were approaching him. What about, you know the digital side and then so he started doing it and he's talked to us about the digital side of this but we're kind of in limbo with that right now um it is going to be out there um but it was either wait put them both out at the same time or go ahead and do the physical and then wait for the digital when it comes out and that's what we decided to do it is coming digital we just have we have no idea the date uh, or what platforms or how many platforms at this time um so yeah we, we've looked for it to be already be out there on digital but right well there's a few things too that we're right we can't say right. what they are that we're waiting on but we're waiting on to hear back from about a couple things before they pull the trigger on on some of the other social or not social media but the other streaming services that mm -hmm. that they're looking at and that's the whole we're just waiting to hear back it's not us or them it's we're waiting to hear back to what the other places are willing to do or not do so so for anybody out there listening uh that makes a movie how do you go about getting your movie released through a company like scream team uh i mean really it's just reaching out yeah um any yeah any um i mean once you have a completed film all you really all you need to do is just kind of i mean at, first of all if you know any other filmmakers ask around to see right. if any of them have uh you know if they're working in tandem with any specific distri distribution company 
Um, Justin Scream Team happens to be our third one, actually. Yeah, and and that's and that's the third one that we've gone with versus others that we've talked to, because um, there's a, it, I mean there's there's a lot of poor distribution companies out there, and uh, getting your film distributed is exciting, but if you wind up with somebody that you're not happy with, it kind of sucks all that excitement out. Um, so we were real lucky when we got <laughs> when we got into bed with Justin. That's yeah, gotta love yeah. that phrase. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, because we had worked with some other other dis- like distributors prior to to Scream Team that we weren't exactly thrilled with. Um, one of which we really got screwed on. Um, so so getting so far, Justin, you know, he's been he's communicates well or scream team communicates well get up they get us the information on time um i mean that's not to say things don't slip like fall through the cracks every now and then but in terms of uh, you know companies that we've worked with in the past the he his is the most consistent I would all say. right um so does i'm just curious mainly does uh do they buy the movie from you or license it or how does that work no, most companies don't buy <clears throat> most independent distributors don't buy a movie outright. So you'll sign a contract with them where you get a percentage and they get a percentage. Um, typically, I would say companies that that are distributors that buy films are usually the one are films that you see like up in the millions of dollars. All right. Are the ones that you go to like the American film market and you see filmmakers there that are trying to sell their movies. Now you will, you, you, you will find um, a lot of uh, some of the smaller distributors like wild eye releasing and stuff like they'll go to AFI or yeah. AFM and, uh, and, and still buy films from independent filmmakers that are there. But most of the uh, indie distributors like Scream Team or uh, I'm trying to think of some of the others. Yeah. They usually, yeah, they usually don't purchase. Yeah. Usually it's just a front cost. They'll have set up in the contract that they'll know is like once they get all the costs for artwork and get the Blu-ray <clears throat> mastered and reproduced and the boxes and all that kind of stuff, once they get all that, um, there's an expense they have, and once that expense is gone, then you start splitting. And we got lucky with 13 Slaves. It kind of took off really big. And first couple of companies, I mean, well, the first one, it's kind of a moot point that the gentleman died, and that's a whole other story. But the second one, it took, what, over about two and a half years before we started getting a penny, and it was months, a couple months yeah, when we started getting money. Uh, so we once the expense ratio of what he had to do to get it up and out there was paid, then it's just uh, his cut and our cut. Yeah. And it's uh, just on a quarterly basis we get now. That sounds like we're sitting here like raking in the money when I said <laughs> the expenses, and that's not the case. Um, but we do have money coming in. But like it, we always tell everybody, we don't keep a penny. It goes right back into the company. We have spent expenses credit credit part payments stuff we got to keep up with as a business every year 
Um, and no more we're making. We're lucky if we break even at the end of the year and still have money left on a credit card we have to pay. Right. I mean, here, here's the reality for anybody. Right. Right. Unless you're making films that are getting in Entertainment Weekly or Variety Magazine, you're doing this because you love it. You're not doing it because you're making money. Right. I don't care who you are. We have never made enough money off of a film to make our next film, which is what we want to do. And that's not happened. Right. Nothing against our films, nothing against the distributor. It's just, it's indie film. Yeah. You don't, you, not everybody is a Blair Witch or those that get lucky in indie. And, and even then, a lot of those filmmakers, the, the ones that made an indie film and blew up, a lot of those filmmakers then go on to try to make more films and struggle to get their movies made. Right. I mean, look at, I mean, look at George Romero. George Romero was, I mean, he's, he's a huge horror filmmaker was and i mean he struggled almost every single film that he made even when he was you know he he did basically independent film and then he'd get one released by universal and then he'd talk about how much he hated it because of course you have you know too many cooks and then then he would go right back to making movies the way he wanted to make them but once again he didn't have that funding to get the movies made the, the way he wanted to make them so even he was you know even he's struggling with every project or was yeah that's the downfall of messing with uh like you said universal or something they always want to put their opinions in and you know and take stuff out and it's the good thing about independent you know pretty much do what you want not worry about hurting people's feelings hell it's a fucking movie come on right right <laughs> Well, even with what we do, we we've still run into that. When when uh, when we made Volumes of Blood, um, I had partnered with the Davis County Public Library, and of course they have a board of directors. So before the movie could even be greenlit, cut, 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 they cut, yeah cut. they they had to look at the script, and they went through. I mean they went through the script with a fine tooth comb, and I mean they they took all the f bombs out. They took a majority of the cussing out. What's what's funny is, is they didn't touch any of the gore. Right. But then they also went through and they removed a whole bunch of uh, like sexual quips and innuendos. Adult humor. Yeah. So, but the other funny thing is, is that there were some, there were still some sexual jokes that got left in the movie because I guess none of them understood what it was. So there was a line that became the bane of my existence. And it was, I had a character who was going to say, um, you know, you like it when I tongue punch your fart box, they which left. I love, I love that line. Well, they removed it from the the movie. So I had to come up with something else and I changed it to a uh, girl, you know, I like what you got, which is fucking terrible. So it just became, it went from something that I found to be very clever to the cuts turning into something that is garbage, but in that same sequence, the dude who's talking to the girl is making jokes to her about getting a Blumpkin. And for those of you who don't know what a Blumpkin is, it's getting look it up <laughs> oral satisfaction while you're making toilet. So making toilet. Uh, so like those jokes got let the Blumpkin jokes got left in there. Which tells me that nobody at, on the board of directors at the library knew what a Blumpkin was. That means nobody on the on the board was under twenty five. Right. 
or or none of them were perverts like we are Um, or they don't know what an urban dictionary is right right and that's and what's funny is is when we would screen volumes of blood you kind of got an idea of what type of audience you had um or how many perverts were in the audience based on how much of a reaction the blumpkin joke would get yeah so but yeah it was uh it, it was interesting but i mean ultimately that's I, we we basically we were calling their board of directors the MPAA because they were literally censoring what what uh, what we were doing. So even though we were we were independent filmmakers, we were making this movie. What? Oh, am I boring you? Yes. You son As of a usual. bitch. But uh, but yeah, even despite that, we still had the limitations of being censored because we were using someone else's facility and they kind of had to say so. So we didn't have carte blanche to do anything we wanted to do. We just, you know, we still had to adhere to what they thought was best for their group. But one thing that's very cool about the shoot at the Davis County Public Library that I still love to this day, even all the stuff that they cut out, they've remodeled the library since we were there. There is still... Like eight Every drops. Every time you bang the table, oh, I'm sorry, you shake the There's like eight drops of blood still on the ceiling, where we did a scene where blood splattered against plastic and then shot up and hit. And you can still go over there and look up, and they're still there. And I don't know how many times I've been in there and I ran inside. He's like, "Man, have you seen the blood over here on the ceiling?" I'll go over there and I'll be like, "There it is." All these people are sitting there looking up, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's blood from the movie we made." <laughs> <laughs> but there's still blood droplets on the ceiling at the library. I was about. I was gonna. I was gonna say like. Is there a was there a possibility that y'all could have the actors say the original lines and then like maybe down the road when the, them people forget about the movie you can release a director's cut? Well, unfortunately, we had to. So yeah. after they went through, the, what what happened was is I got back a, a copy of the script that was highlighted. So everything that was highlighted had to be removed or replaced and yeah i don't think i've I, I don't think i've ever been more angry in my entire life i was so angry about and this and this just goes i mean it's it's stupid now that i think back on it but i was so pissed about the tongue punch the fart box line that i, I i'm pretty sure that i talked to eric and i was like i don't even fucking want to do this movie anymore <laughs> I, don't, I don't i seriously like as many cuts as they're making us do i don't even want to make this movie anymore but really, at the end of the day, what it ended up becoming was these people are saying, we don't want this to be associated with what we're doing. And really, when you're a creative person, your job is to be creative. So when you find a challenge, and that's exactly what this was, it was someone saying, you want to make a movie here? Well, you got to play by our rules. And because of that, you then have to think differently. So you can throw in the towel and say, screw this, I'm not going to do it anymore, or do what you're supposed to do, which is become creative. And and that really kind of opened the door to say, okay, well, maybe, we, all right, let's make a movie without a bunch of fucks in it. Yeah. And instead, and that's what we did. And we and it was still successful in its own way. It, w- it would have been nice to go ahead and film the entire script the way it was originally written, because there was really nobody there that would have known the difference. Right. When we were filming, 
but it wouldn't have worked anyway because we were under we were what we call weekend warriors we only film like friday saturday and sundays usually anyway and we had a certain time we could be at the library to start setting up and we had to have everything cleaned up and out of the way and at the door by a certain time because the door alarms would automatically come on every night so we were on a time crunch every night. I mean, we looked down, I was like, dude, we got 20 minutes to finish this scene, get everything cleaned up out of here and, and out the front door before the alarm goes yeah. off. And so it, with that, we could. it would have been nice to have done it and then cut it and done a director's cut later like you're talking about. But we just didn't, we, we're lucky we got done what we did. Yeah, the footage doesn't exist. Right. I mean, we were given eight hours one Saturday to film each segment there's five segments in, in the first volumes of blood we so each segment we were given one saturday to film it in a period of eight hours and that eight hours becomes six hours when you think that well that first hour is set up and organizing and getting everybody ready to go then you shoot for six hours and then after that and then that last hour is like he said cleaning bum rushing to get as much equipment either boxed up or taken out to the parking lot to be put back together there before the alarms would go off. Yeah. Well, um, for future reference, I wouldn't use that uh, library again. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, they let us film the entire movie yeah. there and they didn't charge us a thing. Yeah. Well, and see, that's so, the thing. I don't want anybody to think that, that we're great. We, or, or I am shitting on the library. It was a, a pretty incredible experience and right. they, and they gave us full run of the building right. to pretty much do whatever we want. And despite the fact that it did get censored, what got censored was the language, not anything else. Yeah. And what ended up happening is, is um, and, and he knows, he, he loves this, but like I always, I'm always throwing in as much, as many kills as we can possibly milk out of a project. So when I knew that we couldn't do a whole bunch of cussing and sexual innuendos and jokes, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to replace all that with more gore because they didn't, they didn't care about that. So I ended up adding in more kills and, uh, and they allowed us to do it. So it was, it still ended up being a really fun and unique experience. Yeah. We're grateful. They let us use it because once we were there, we had free reign of the whole place. Yeah. And um, so, so uh, let's see. Uh, so I guess it like like y'all were saying it was a blessing, kind of that they did do that or whatever. Because you, it might not have been uh, the best movie it could have been, if because y'all was forced to be more creative, right? No. And that's the I mean, that's you the don't great. They could have looked great. at the script and go. Yeah. Oh, that's the great, I was just going to say, that's the great thing about uh, independent filmmaking is, uh, especially if you don't have the money, you're, you know, you're forced to try to think of how you can do it with no money or less money. And sometimes a, a, a better movie comes out of it because if you would have done it with the money you wanted to have, it probably wouldn't have turned out as great. But... I mean, I haven't watched it in a while, so. I mean, and they could have looked at the script and went, ah, now screw this. We're not going to let this happen here. But they did. Right. So it sucked what they did with the cut, but we filmed the entire movie there at no cost to us. So it was pretty cool. And 
we ran into a situation with our second film where we were filming at a place and pretty much had it for free. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, now you're going to have to pay. And it was like, what? Yep. And so then we had to come up with money that we really didn't have or use money that we needed for something else to pay after they told us that we could just use it. And then they come up and go later on and go, well, if you're going to continue, then you got to pay now. And we were like, well, this sucks, but yeah, we, we, we still got to use the house and they didn't kick us out. So it is what it is. I hope you didn't put their names in the credits, damn it. <laughs> well, we did. We did. Yeah. I mean, they, they, yeah. they did let us use the house for free and it, and it sucked. And, and it, and it, we understand it, but it's just being indie. We're talking about money here. We don't have money. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you got another cost you got to come up with. And it's like, well, shit. You know, you didn't well, hey, make us do this in the beginning. I yeah. know what I know what they did. They they was like, yeah, you can use it for free because then they they got they grab you by the balls when you already <laughs> shot when you already shot some stuff in there, and then they had you by the balls and it's like, well, they got to pay now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's kind of what happened. Well, I, I won't I won't say they had us by the balls, but that is we we had had already filmed some stuff, and well, we were as the main. I mean, I can't really get on the people, and I'm not. I don't want to get a crack on the people because they were letting us use the house for free, and I and they were trying to sell it. And they were trying to sell it. That's they, the thing. And they thought they had a seller, and they were getting ready to say, "Well, if this sells, then this weekend's your last weekend." We were like, "Oh no, what are we going to do?" Well, then it didn't. Then they came forward and was like, "Well, look, we thought this we had to sell. We don't, so we're going to have to charge you now." So it was either pay them a little money and get the film in the house and finish or just walk away and figure out how we were going to do it. And it worked out. So, I mean, every time we've run into an issue though, it always yeah. seems to work out. Yeah. It wasn't we what figure it out. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, the people, they weren't being an ass, right? That's exactly. Yeah. They that's exactly what it, they weren't being assholes. They were doing what was best for them, but also trying to accommodate us at the same right. time. I mean, of course it was, a, it was an unexpected expense. But what they threw at us wasn't something that became uh, – it was just more annoying than it was anything. Right. They, weren't, right. they weren't doing it like what you were talking about. They had us by the balls, but they really didn't. Right. They didn't do it to sucker money out of us. It, it was it was just business. Right. Now, we would probably be saying something different had it been an amount that we couldn't afford. Right. And then it was – and then we – had gotten screwed now we would have still finished the movie and found a different place to make the movie because if any if if we've learned anything about our ability to make films it's weathering weathering through the storm um so what we would be saying would probably be a lot different had it gone in a different direction right. but that's not why they did it and that's not what happened so i, I kind of maybe i got an idea now so they was they was betting on it to sell then they was gonna get out of the paying that monthly payment for that month, so they made y'all pay the monthly payment. Probably it might have been. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, yeah, because hey. they still had. I mean, they still had to keep the lights on, right? And the and or, the water on. Or you so, paid the you paid those bills pretty I was much. Paying the we were paying the utilities as well. Oh, we you, you know, you know. Sorry to that per people that I said that y'all grabbing by the balls and shit. Uh, y'all just doing <laughs> what y'all had to do. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, they weren't they weren't asses about it. it, and, it and when it came down to it, it was just, it was just what we didn't want to hear. Right. <laughs> it wasn't their fault. Right. It was the fault of Owensboro Municipal Utility. No. 
Hey, I'm glad they had it been more if we'd had to have the stuff turned on in our name. Yeah, that's true. Had been so. hell. No, no, <laughs> that I mean, Kennergy. Vectrin. <laughs> oh, wrong city. Vectrin? You think it would have been more expensive to go buy a generator and still shoot in the house with no power? It would have been louder. Yeah. At least. Well, you, <laughs> you keep had this... to have bought soundproofing too and gasoline. It was just a really cool house to shoot in. It was yeah. worth it. It was worth it oh, in the okay. long run. And we pretty much got to do whatever we want in the house once right. we did it. What movie was that one? Volumes of Blood Horror Stories. The second one. That's okay, the second okay. Hell yeah. Well I you know, well, like I said, with independent film or any independent film, there always is a struggle. So uh shows Somewhere, how good somehow. Yeah. Shows how good of a filmmaker you are if you can push through and uh get her done anyways. So yep. uh props to y'all for that and uh, keep on doing Thank your thing. You. And uh yeah. Well uh yeah, I'm gonna have to end it here, but uh I appreciate y'all for coming on uh and uh appreciate everything you do for uh indie film and keep on doing it. And, oh, uh, we definitely will. Thank you for having us. Yeah, appreciate uh, it. Well, I will definitely stay in touch, and we'll, you'll have to come back on. <laughs> Sorry, somebody started calling. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's what I kind of figured when I saw the audio went off. But <clears throat> Somebody's See, not getting the hint. Well, I guess they need to really talk, so uh, good thing we were going ahead and wrapping <laughs> it up. They don't. They don't. <laughs> Man, thanks for having us on. That's no problem. Releasing. Get our yes. films. Go Hell to bloodmoonpictures.com. Yeah. Check us out. All right. If well, you have any questions, you can go to bloodmoonpics at gmail.com and uh, ask us questions. Get in touch with us. It's probably backwards, but that's sort of what it Hey, that like. also has a signature of the one and only Jeffrey Reddick from Final yeah, Destination. The creator of Final Destination. <laughs> Goes down to game as a show. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and aliens are coming to dance. I'm a morning UFO.